Welcome to the FinTech Australia podcast, brought to you in partnership with Tier One People. I'm your host, Dexter Cousins. Today, I'm joined by Paul Weingoff, CEO and co-founder of Slip, groundbreaking digital receiving solution. It's been a big week for Paul and the team, announcing further investment from CBA. The deal makes Slip the first fintech startup to partner with all four major Australian banks. And Slip has jumped on board the fintech talent market. They've got active roles as the team looks to double in size. Paul, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dexter. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me on. Could you share with the listeners a little bit about who you are and what Slip does? Yeah, absolutely. A bit of background myself, uh, been in fintech before it became cool and was called fintech. Been a bit of a payments nerd, spent uh, a chunk of my career at PayPal, where I led the uh, merchant strategic partnership team for Australia and New Zealand. And um, while I'd seen a lot of, you know, great opportunities for e-com, pure play merchants around the use of data and digital engagement around payment and the, the value around the payment like that PayPal provided, I saw that payments in the offline world were very much commoditized and saw a huge opportunity to not only significantly provide a step change in consumer experience, particularly around paper receipts, but also around enabling and unlocking this value around the payment, which actually provides a platform for uh, retailers and uh, consumers to engage in a much more personalized and an engaging way for that matter. So, yeah, so that's where Slip was kind of born out of. You know, I've, I won't take you through the long story, but uh, it was a personal experience that I had. I was paying with my phone. I was buying a power tool and uh, I uh, got to the, the checkout, paid with the tap of my phone and uh, shortly after the transaction, the, the cashier told me to take a picture of the receipt on my phone and email it to myself. So that just didn't sit well with me. And I thought there's got to be a better way of, of doing this, particularly with the evolution of contactless payments and how far those uh, that technology's come. And Australia really is a world leader, but uh, the stuff that happens post-payment or around the payment has kind of been left behind and paper receipts is the, the first sort of area that we're focusing on to deliver that sort of uh, digitization of payments. And, you know, particularly in, in the uh, the current environment with this, uh, coronavirus and the movement away from physical contact with particularly reference to acceleration of moving to cashless society, receipts uh, are another sort of extension to that. And we see it as a, a big opportunity for us to make impact in, in, the, in the right now, but also obviously into the future um, with respect to not only the customer experience, but also, as I mentioned, the way for a, a more intuitive and clever way for retailers to engage with their customers after they leave the store. Fantastic. So you've got some big news to, uh, that came out this week. We do, we do. So the critical part of our proposition is um, the distribution network that we're building out and that is in partnership with the major banks. And so we're very proud and uh, humbled to announce this week with uh, CBA joining the network and investing also in the, in the company. They joined the other three banks, so ANZ, uh, NAB and uh, Westpac's uh, reInventure also investors and uh, also have a seat on the board. So um, it is it is a big breakthrough for us to to get all four banks, and it's really critical because as as I mentioned, our distribution uh, is relying on you know the scale of the banks to actually deliver the receipt 
to the customer inside their banking app. So the customer will simply be able to pay with their card or their phone, whichever form factor they decide they want to uh, use at that payment. And then without having to do anything different, they will receive this smart receipt. So it's not just a digital receipt, but it's a smart receipt with a bunch of really intuitive features. They'll be able to receive that instantly or automatically into their banking app in, in context. So when they click on a transaction or whether, when they um, want to search for a receipt, it's all sitting there right inside their banking app. So obviously, you know, that's paramount, getting those banks on board and those partnerships in place is paramount to our success and ultimately driving the scale of the uh, of the network, not only on the consumer side through the banking apps, but also obviously the, the, uh, the, the banks have, a really good coverage when it comes to the retail or the merchant side. So um, we're partnering with them to roll out the solution across Australia on, on both sides of the network, which is very, very exciting. Excellent. One of the challenges with fintech startups like yourself seems to be the collaboration piece with the big four banks. You're now working with all of them. What, what's been your experience on collaboration and how open are the banks to actually work with businesses like yourself? Yeah, uh, look, I think um, if you look at the history, this isn't anything, I mean, it is new in many facets, but if you look at you know the likes of FPOS, BPAY, the banks have done collaborations before, even most recently with the new payments platform. So it is an uncharted territory in terms of banks collaborating to build an industry standard. Where it is uncharted territory is for them to invest in an early stage fintech like ourselves, who are completely independent of them and enrolling that. And I really think that's a new way of doing these types of collaborations and these ways of innovating and putting the customer at the centre of these innovations is working with fintechs. And we're really, as I say, humbled and honoured to to have the opportunity to build this in partnership with the banks for Australia. I mean, it's a, it's a, big, uh, it's a big task for us to take on. We're a relatively small team, but we can move fast. And obviously with the backing of the banks, not only from a financial perspective, but from a distribution perspective, all these pieces of the puzzle come together quite nicely. And our, our sort of obsession is as, as a fintech, as with every other fintech is to, you know, solely focus on that, that true North or that North star is the customer. And, you know, I always say that, you know, people say, oh, you're in the receipts business or you're in the data business, the rewards business. No, we're in the, the business of customer experience. And that's what gets us out of bed every morning. And so with our relentless focus on that and bringing in the best of Everything that sits around that with our partnerships with the banks, with the retailers, point of sale vendors who enable us with the pipes to get the data out to provide the service. All of that is our role is to bring all that together to then delight that customer, to provide that step change, that utopian experience. You mentioned before, Paul, you didn't want to kind of give us the long version, but I'm really interested in how you actually got the business started and you know, how you start to get that momentum um, and, and get in front of the big banks with, you, with your idea. Yeah, well, as I mentioned to the experience that I had personally had, and obviously my expertise in in payments and uh, my my sort of real passion for customer experience that I'd picked up in my my years at PayPal and even before that when I was at Microsoft, very focused on that. The the, the best way to then go and take a, a a vision or a solution to a problem that you feel that you want to solve yourself and, and something that you're really passionate about is bringing it to life through prototype. I think what what a, what a lot of fintechs tend to do is they go off and build pretty pretty quickly and that's a really costly exercise and you never get it right the first time and my goodness, 
did we did we get it wrong? Um, now, you know, our core strategy and our core sort of model hasn't really pivoted much, which has been quite interesting. But, you know, there's a lot of noise that we had created in our proposition that we've stripped out and been very focused. <clears throat> and that's been off the back of building the prototype, getting customer validation, using that validation from real-life customers to then go to the banks and say, hey, this is not what we think is a great idea. This is what your customers think. And we even went to the extent of, you know, walking up to customers in the public domain uh, after they had left a retailer, asking them about their experience around the receipt that they had in their hand, showing them a demo of our prototype and getting their natural, organic, genuine reaction. Now, that is the best sales toolkit you can ever have. And we haven't even written a line of code yet. So there's that's the first piece is that really validating the proposition and and, and look, most people can relate to the pain around, particularly our first yeah. product, which is solving that pain point around paper receipts. Yeah. It's just absolutely madness that in 2020 we can, we're still, we're still printing paper and obviously there's a envir- huge environmental aspect to what we do as well and drives us. But, uh, you know, that's, that's first base is like really, you know, making sure that the proposition is, has got reasonable product market fit and then going off and then, you know, selling that in to the right people through multiple threads at these ginormous blue chip organizations that we call banks. And I think the biggest challenge that we had early on was we were not, we actually weren't too sure which part of the bank we needed to get on board. Was it the merchant side of the bank? Was it the cards and consumer issuing side of the bank? Was it the digital side of the bank who owned the digital channels? Was it the CEO? And so... We had to fail a few times before we, we got successful and I'm very fortunate to have two other co-founders that uh, I work with on it every day and I'm very humbled that they came on the journey when I had this crazy idea to transform post-purchasing experience and uh, Spiro, uh, who's our CTO and Chief Product Officer, he was uh, formerly the Head of Technology at PayPal so I had a long-standing working relationship with him but uh, importantly, early on when he and I were together, we realised that this banking world is a completely different beast and we needed to find someone who had really solid executive experience in the banks. And that's where Mike Boyd came along. Mike was the former CIO of the Institutional Bank at ANZ. And in his most recent role before he left to join us, he was the, the group data officer of the bank. So we were very fortunate for Mike to join a little bit further along, about six months after we sort of Made a, made a play at validating the concept. It, uh, Mike's been a tremendous asset in helping us navigate and understanding how the decision-making process happens in the banks. But that said, it still has been a challenge. And the, the, the thing that we came up against very early on was, okay, this is great. And this is a shift. This is three years ago. So it's been a huge shift over the last three years. But why wouldn't we do this ourselves? That was, without doubt, the most resounding pushback we got from the banks. And so we thought, well, okay, fair, but give us a chance to help you understand why this has to be an industry standard and why not only you have to do it with us, but you have to do it with each other. <laughs> and so, um, and that's when we went down the path of, again, validating with merchants. So, for example, this is just one really simple example that sort of knocks yeah. it on the head is take some of the banks out to meet some of our friendly merchants to say, hey, these guys really, these merchants over here, they really want to join our network. And there's no way in the world they'll join our network if the receipt looks differently in a a CBA app to a NAB app to an ANZ app to any other bank app. 
you know, that would just create absolute churn for them from a cashier's perspective, having to understand what the different bank, what the receipts look like for them, yeah. for them as a retailer at the different banks. It's just not going to work. So that was just one of many examples. Also, you know, as a, re- as a merchant or as a retailer, you wouldn't want to integrate to multiple times to tens of different card issuers. You want one single point of integration. And, and so these things, as we slowly got them, and again, it wasn't us telling them, we said, come out and meet our merchants. Help us help you understand what how this could actually work. And there was a definitely a um, a really strong sense from all the banks that this was the right thing to do for customers. But it just was the, what wasn't sure is how we we're going to do it, and was Slip the right partner um, to bring this together. Got you. So you've got a really impressive board as well. Um, as you've assembled that, have you found that that's made life a bit easier to get more traction? Yeah, look, absolutely. I think, um, you know, and obviously particularly uh, now with CBA coming onto the board, it really does cement Flip as the, the, the partner to deliver a, a mandate, to deliver a uh, industry standard for this. And, and so retailers, they all understand the value prop. They all understand that this is the right thing to do for their customers. They all understand that this is actually really good value for them as a business too. What they were unsure of is any holdouts. So are we the real deal? Are we the chosen one? So there were still some question marks, obviously, before this announcement. With CBA having a big chunk of the of the uh, of the consumer card issuing space, so I, I don't know the numbers, but it's um, it's definitely the leading position. So we uh, were very fortunate that CBA came on to the network, and that is absolutely going to help us flourish going forward. And you know, we've already seen even since. Since a couple of day, a couple right. of days ago, we made the announcement. We've already seen some of the fish start falling in the boat. So we had a bunch of retailers ringing up, and we, um, you know, we, we see a really compelling opportunity right now with with contact free retail being uh, paramount. So we've kind of been a, uh, there's nothing there's nothing good that comes out of a health crisis. Don't get me wrong, but you find some silver linings, you take them, and we think that uh, we're pretty fortunate in that respect. With regards to the the slip business and where you are today, so how many people are in the business, Paul? So we have uh, twenty five. It's it changes every day at this rate. It feels like every day, every week, where we're hiring someone. But uh, yeah, we have some pretty bullish expansion plan, plans around the team. Predominantly, we're an engineering company, so you know sixty, seventy five percent of our, our resources are focused on building the product and. The other, we have a couple of people that sit in, you know, relationship management functions. So with the banks and uh, retailers and and a couple of data scientists, but, uh, you know, most of our resources focused on engineering and we're looking to double the team this year. So we're pretty excited about the the launch plans of the network, which is coming up in the second half of the year. And uh, off the back of that, obviously there's a whole bunch of support resources that we'll have to sort of help us uh, keep the business going. It's obviously a very opportune time to be hiring with you know, anywhere we can help and pick up some, some resources that have been let go. Obviously, that's a, a great position for us to, to be able to assist and help people to reconnect and find, find new work. So it makes us feel pretty good and if we can help out along the way. Great. And in terms of the future, you know, what are you, what's the big, big vision for SLEP? The big vision is to completely transform the way retail is, or commerce for that matter, is done. And that sounds like a pretty big, bold ambition. I think if you look at what's happening in China, 
in Asia markets, for example, you got these super apps that Alipay, the WeChat Pays, they have done an incredible job at not only yeah. transforming from cash to digital, but completely transforming the way you know consumers and merchants connect. You, know, you can book a restaurant table, you can repurchase items that you bought in store online through their app. There's just it's incredible what they've done, and their focus is the payment is the commodity. Uh, moving money from A to B is the is the commodity. It's what what you wrap around the payment. Now, if you look at the players like the Alipay's, your WeChats, they operate in what we call a closed loop environment, where uh, or a three party model uh, for any payments nerds that are listening. And so the benefit, the unfair advantage of a three-party model or a closed-loop proposition is, or a network, is that, you know, these guys, Alipay, WeChat Pay, they know every single customer and every single merchant in, in the transaction. There's one common denominator in that transaction, and that's the wallet itself. So there is a consistency. There's only three players in there. You've got the, the consumer, the merchant, and the, say, Alipay. And so this model is conducive to enabling these amazing connections between merchants and consumers because there's one centralised provider of that payment system and, that, and ultimately that network. Now, if you look at what's happening in Australia, for example, the way the banks operate, they operate in a four-party model where I, as a consumer, could use my NAB-issued uh, NAB Visa card at a Commonwealth Bank merchant. There is no common denominator. Look, obviously, Visa as the scheme that provides the rails for the payments. But in terms of that connection between the consumer and the merchant, that, that there is a, a, a fragmentation there under that model. And so if you think about where we want to go and where we want to take the market and one of the reasons the banks want to partner with us is how do we actually take all the benefits of a three-party model and bring it into the four-party model? And so by consolidating these, these fragmented networks into one network and into one standard, that's a whole that, that will enable us a whole new world of opportunity for retailers to to re-engage in a really personalized, clever way with their customers around the payment, if that makes sense. Absolutely. We've got CDR um, and open banking still is set to go ahead on July one. How do you see that playing into the the model that you, you're envisioning? Yeah, look, apps, we've actually, um, you know, we've been obviously monitoring and keeping a close eye uh, on how that's all played out and been trying to stay ahead of the curve. So really seeing what the minimum standards are around that and then taking it at a, a, a level above and sort of really front run and make sure that we, one, put in the best interest of the customer at, in focus and at heart. But number two is making sure that we are adhering to any of the new standards that are being put in place. I suppose, you know, from a technology and enablement perspective, we see open banking as, as great for us. So we're effectively, in many respects, piggybacking off a lot of the, the technology work that the banks are doing to their platforms to enable open banking. So part of our core platform is that we actually have to match the receipt to the customer. And so we rely on a consent model from consumers, but also a, a feed from the banks to enable us to anonymize that data and, and match the receipt to the customer and push it into the into the customer's banking app. Brilliant. So Paul, before we wrap up, obviously the great news this week, anything else that you want to share that uh, you wanted to get out there before we, we wrap the show up? Something that we really strive for internally is 
helping others. I, I sit on uh, the Antler. I, I do a bit of work with the Antler cohorts around uh, advising some of the startups there, and I get a lot of a lot of pleasure out of seeing uh, other startups flourish, particularly in the fintech space. And so, what I would say is that we hope that this this sort of movement from the banks is a really good indication, a signal to many fintechs who no doubt are out there. Some of them are doing it a bit tough at the moment with the dry up in in investment and uh, capital in the markets around um, the VC funds and what have you. There really is a real, I think more than ever, the banks are, uh, are realising that rather than build ourselves, let's partner. And so the challenge is that there's still, I think, a big disconnect to you know, and we even went through this ourselves, what we think is enterprise bank grade ready and even and even going through, you know, and doing a proof of concept with a bank is really easy. It's And I've, um, I've said this before, it's like, you know, going from a proof of concept to going to a fully productionized core banking app is like learning how to drive a car to learning how to fly a plane, I should say. So making sure that you have the right advice um, don't turn up to that gunfight with a knife. It's um, it can be scary when you you don't have the you don't know what you don't know. So I would say my advice to other fintechs is uh, one, don't don't be discouraged. There's still some really good opportunities out there to to work with the banks. They they need help now more than ever. But to make sure you get your ducks in a row. Make sure that before you have those engagements, that you work with an advisor or. Uh, even happy to have conversations myself because uh, it is it, there is a huge gap in in uh, expectation I think between the fintech community and and uh, where the banks need to be particularly around you know, things like security and data governance and privacy and what have you. Absolutely. Well, Paul, it's been a real pleasure to talk with you and so good to be sharing good stories at this point as well. We wish you and the the team at Slip best of success through the rest of 2020, and thanks very much for being on the show. Thanks, Dexter. It's, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to have a chat with you today. That's the end of the show, folks. Thanks for tuning in and thanks to our partners, Fintech Australia. Remember to subscribe if you're listening on Spotify or iTunes and you can check out the show notes for additional information on how to join the talent market. Until the next time, keep safe.